0: Or Whatever Movies with Wesley and Iris. What up and welcome to Hook, I mean Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host Iris and I am here with my older brother,
1: Wesley.
0: (laughs) As I may have foreshadowed, we're discussing a movie from 1991, Hook. Wesley bangerang
1: kelly and i have been talking about these words that don't have any association uh, with anything else other than movies
0: cotton henny ninny munguts cotton headed ninky ninny mungus yeah like that muggins muggins or mungus
1: muggins i think
0: cotton head cotton it's hard to say cotton headed ninny mung miggins miggins yeah, there's
1: there's a lot in this movie that's hard to say. I think that's Rufio's one of his many strengths, other than being a cutie pie, is his ability to deliver hard to deliver dialogue. Like I had to listen to it multiple times to be able to get out and type to Kelly: lying, crying, spying, prying, ultra pig. And and I have I was like okay lying, and I had to go oh. back and replay it. Crying, sp- spying.
0: You're talking about the insult battle.
1: Yeah, the insult battle where Rufio absolutely owns Robin Williams.
0: Well, Robin Williams, that's where he's starting to show his true form.
1: And so thematically speaking, in a larger picture, this is where I think the movie goes a little bit awry. Robin Williams feels old to me. In this, I mean, obviously he's an old pan, but even oh. when he's pan, it's just like embarrassing old pan. and
0: uh, More embarrassing old Robin Williams than in Patch Adams where he's really old.
1: I haven't seen Patch Adams in a long time. And then always I'll go to IMDb, find his birthday, trace it forward and find how old he was when he made this movie where, of course, he's considerably younger than I am. How old was he? He was like thirty nine years old.
0: You know, this has become like a recurring theme. Do we want to just talk about everybody's ages in movies in in reference to your age? It's disheartening. You did this with Craig Foster. Well look, we <laughs> did this with I don't know, Keanu Reeves.
1: It's true, and it's a preoccupation. Oh
0: Carrie oh, oh, o- Carrie Oldman. Yeah. Is it this is is this your middle age preoccupation?
1: Yeah. Did you call him Carrie Oldman?
0: Gary, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman.
1: But let's think about Hook. Hook was a movie that, it's kind of a movie for kids, right?
0: It's a family movie.
1: The adaptation, okay, maybe that's better. But it's definitely supposed to be about Peter Pan from an older perspective. What if Peter Pan grew up? And do you align yourself? Do you identify with the real world Peter Banning character? Or are you more in the head of... Jack and Maggie.
0: I'm hundred percent, a hundred percent Peter Banning.
1: Were you always was that always the case though?
0: I mean, I haven't seen this in a long time, so it's hard to remember. I knew Robin Williams, I totally forgot Dustin Hoffman, I totally forgot Steven Spielberg. Basically in short, I don't remember what I thought in nineteen ninety one when I was eleven, but i a hundred percent relate to Peter Banning in watching this in twenty twenty.
1: Robin Williams definitely doesn't come first in this movie for me. First and foremost, it's always been a Steven Spielberg movie. And it felt like he kind of dragged this one. As much as he carries other movies, he was the a real hindrance here. And I know that that's huh. terrible to think because obviously as the older, chunky, middle-aged, hapless Peter Banning, he's meant to be that way. He's thrown into this world that he hasn't been a part of for 30 years, and he's getting back up to speed. But he, it's so awkward and clunky. And to be fair, I've never been a huge Robin Williams fan. I think he's either unfunny or sort of manic. Oh, he's and, totally and what, manic. But when he gets manic, when he becomes the pan, it's a little bit too much. And to watch his stand-up, it's like, how how does this dude not get tired? It must be cocaine. <laughs>
0: Well, he did come up in the 80s, which, you know, was not not known for its coke. But he (laughs) but but this is this is Robin Williams, dude. I'm wondering if maybe your impression of his Peter Pan has to do with what we now kind of know of Robin Williams from. Um, Have you seen the, the, the Robin Williams documentary?
1: Robin Williams had a documentary about him.
0: Okay, well, it showed what it was like to be Robin Williams and what it was like to live in this completely manic brain how kind of relentlessly his thoughts and his comedy and his vices hounded him
1: but this isn't talking about robin williams the person at well, least not relief. in my it
0: col- cons- it, col- it colors my viewing of this film
1: yeah that's unfortunately the case the same can be said for any kevin spacey movie or show as good as he was just right. too too tainted yeah. like i have to distract Kelly anytime we're watching a Weinstein produced movie and I'll like be like look over there when the logo comes up (laughs) Weinstein made great movies Meryl Streep called him God for a reason and so trying to divest the output of movies that Harvey Weinstein made is like trying to divest Robin Williams the kind of sad tragic figure with what he was in Hook and everything that preceded that always kind of the manic guy but I was never super big into Aladdin for me, Robin Williams is kind of oh, goodwill yeah. hunting. That's his middle area sweet spot for me. It wasn't overly dramatic. It wasn't uh, insomnia or anything. But it also wasn't the manic, rather tiresome, Mork and Mindy era Robin Williams.
0: I think that I was probably most impressionable when Patch Adams came out, which is why I reference that specifically. But I probably... Equate him most with Mrs. Doubtfire.
1: Okay, yeah, that's another one.
0: And then with Robin Williams' Come Inside My Head, his his documentary, which is kind of tough.
1: I'm sure. The Mrs. Doubtfire persona was notably hammy and funny and comedic in a way that was a good channel for him. But also he had to play it somewhat restrained and real because he was trying to go under the radar as an actual woman. And, (laughs) okay, but the Robin Williams character, aside from the little private moment that catches the eye of the guy when he's doing the dinosaur show, is... The serious Robin Williams. It's been stated that a lot of Robin Williams's best roles, his more serious roles, I call them his best roles, are the bearded roles. And Mrs. Doubtfire, which hardly anyone can say is a serious role, and Hook were definitely exceptions to that rule.
0: Yeah, he's he's kind of strangely unmasked in Hook, and maybe it's the tights. But the tights kind of feels like very raw. Right. Well, and uh, raw Robin or wrong Williams.
1: because I thought you were gonna say wrong. This is not to say anything against anybody with different proclivities, but Robin Williams near his forties with those awkward tights, with the eyeshadow or the mascara or something. I think he maybe even had glitter on his face and that <laughs> teased little hair. Like it wasn't draggy. It.
0: Wait! 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 <laughs> Did you just give a disclaimer to, like, not offend people who love middle-aged dudes with glitter and eyeshadow? This
1: is what I'm getting at. It, it wasn't draggy intentionally, but it was an effort to make him not look like Robin Williams, who looks like an old dude. And Kelly even said, not that she had any part of this opinion, but she said Robin Williams has always looked kind of old.
0: Yeah. I he mean, doesn't he have has. a
1: youthful face, is all I'm saying. And I don't know that he ever did.
0: I don't think he did. Like even in Good Morning Vietnam days, he was kind of used looking. See,
1: <laughs> see, this is why we are good <laughs> podcast co-host counterparts is because you've seen and are most familiar with all the movies that I've never seen or bothered to watch. Didn't see Good really? Morning Vietnam. I didn't don't see Adams. Yeah.
0: I haven't seen AI. Patch so. Adams was 1998. You were like all busy and I don't know doing what in your room.
1: Okay. Wait, were you suggesting that Robin Williams was in AI or just Spielberg? Yeah,
0: wasn't he? No. Dude, Robin Williams is in AI. Doctor, no. Doctor, no.
1: Yeah, he wasn't a major role in AI. I haven't seen AI in a long time, but I don't remember like, oh, Robin Williams.
0: So Patch Adams was seven years after Peter Pan, and he's like in cargo pants playing like a medical student. Like a Henderson,
1: Henderson, the Rain King kind of vibe.
0: Maybe. I mean, maybe he wasn't supposed to be like the typical med student age. It was all very, very weird, but it was kind of a weird evocative movie for me in 1998. But back to 1991 and Hook, um, we're talking about how awkward it is to see an old Robin Williams play a old Peter Pan. And probably that's that was the intention. But I have to say that I think that Robin Williams was really well cast in this. I mean, who in 1991 could have played this role? Like he is the epitome of child at heart. He can play the quirky, fantastical, you know, otherworldly kind of pan, uh, even if he is like an old dude. And he has some pretty good serious chops.
1: He can play dramatic or he can play comedic, but I don't know that he has range as an actor necessarily. I think he has two personas in the same way that Jim Carrey does. They're capable, but I don't know that he's the person you're going to... Actually, maybe in a way Jim Carrey is the more transformative of the two. But I did have an idea for who could have better played You have Dustin Hoffman who is already a pretty small dude. You put him next to Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise towers over him at like 5'7". How tall is (laughs) Dustin Hoffman in, in Rain Man? But Captain Hook, it can't be denied, looks imposing and frightening in this movie. He must have been on all the apple crates, right?
0: Well, you know, pirates can wear lifts and heels, no problem.
1: Right. But if you're looking for a pan who's somewhat diminutive in stature, maybe who is who looks appropriate next to Dustin Hoffman as Hook, maybe someone who is funny and sharp but also has never really looked young and who's also a frequent Steven Spielberg collaborator, consider for a moment Peter Banning, Richard Dreyfuss.
0: You know, I thought that Smee was Richard Dreyfuss for like half of this movie. <laughs>
1: See, imagine Richard Dreyfuss as Pan, Ray Winstone as Smee. We lost Bob. H- this is so. Already, I'm already speaking ill of multiple dead people.
0: I don't even know who you're talking about. We
1: lost Bob Hoskins, who played Smee, and we lost Robin Williams. Oh, I don't know. I just think Richard Dreyfuss has kind of a boyish thing when he gets all laughy and funny. It could be good. He was a kid, supposedly, in Jaws, right? He's a KU youngster. I mean, he was being called a young a youngster by Quint. Who's like 140 And he was like 30 years old In Mr. Holland's Opus Which was in 95 Or that's what he was playing Or whatever So it's conceivable That he could have played A middle-aged Peter Banning
0: Yeah would he have had The joy and the Kind of spark that Richard Dreyfus Has Yeah Yes
1: Like you should see him In movies like Stakeout and stuff When he gets to laughing And he gets joyous It's pretty spot on I feel like it was A missed opportunity
0: Richard Dreyfuss is only Writerly dad In Stand By Me
1: Nope neither here nor there. It's just at watching this movie f- this time around, and I've seen Hook lots of times, I was struggling through the Robin Williams stuff, and this movie has quite a few problems. It is Steven Spielberg's least favorite Steven Spielberg movie, but I felt like chief among them maybe Robin Williams as a come-at-me-bro unpopular opinion, because I also feel that he was a little bit hammy in his hammiest of hammy roles, which was hammy Aladdin.
0: Why is, uh, I'm curious about this, why is Hook, Steven Spielberg's Least favorite Steven Spielberg film
1: Uh, It was at the time one of the most expensive Movies but certainly his most expensive Movie and he said that He wanted it to be a musical The great John Williams Actually composed and his partner Composed seven songs for A musical version of Hook and One of them survived where Maggie Sets off and sings that one song By herself all Paloma like and holding On to the railing (laughs) Yep, And it's like super earnest, but that was the one standout, and he said flat out he chickened out. He felt like he should have done a thing. Uh, there was some trouble with Julia Roberts on set, and he just felt like it never came together in the way that he wanted.
0: What's the What was the trouble with Julia Roberts? So
1: this originates the Julia Roberts legend of her being difficult to work with. Her nickname on this set, and I'm not kidding, was apparently Tinker Hell. Spielberg admitted that it was not the best time for them to work together I guess this came right at the time when her marriage or her engagement to Kiefer Sutherland was falling apart Remember that relationship? Throwback there Oh, whoa! And the legend is that his best bud, Jason Patrick, whisked her away on some vacation And so all the fallout from that, re- that failed friendship and that failed marriage was brought to the set of Hook Tinker Hell
0: and so she took that out on Steven Spielberg.
1: All I know is he was asked in an interview if he would work with her again, and he kind of dodged the question and laughed it off a little bit. He said it was just a very unfortunate time.
0: You couldn't tell in her sweet Tinkerbell. Yeah. Her. Who was her nothing but smiles
1: vaguely and, creepy, making creepy. sexy advances on Peter Pan. The well, weird quasi sexual. I get it, but it's also she, like, what if he was still a boy?
0: Well, Wendy was. Wendy was hot for Robin, let's, Robin Williams, too. Let's,
1: okay, we can get there. Dame Maggie Smith was right? all about him. The legendary Dame Maggie Smith, whom I love, actually aged up for this role, and considerably so. I mean, she said Grandma Wendy was, what, supposed to be 90-something? So she was aged up a good 30 years. She's not even there yet. But she was a little bit creepy. There was some weirdness and face-touching happening
0: what's weird about touching the fact
1: that he says grandma (laughs) i mean at least at least the
0: only thing that was remotely weird or creepy to me was when he says julia roberts as tinkerbell has nice legs
1: and at least she gets humongous for the smooch right with him and didn't like do a weird tinkerbell thing where she flies into his mouth or something (laughs) like at least they headed off some of that creepiness
0: Yeah, I don't know why she didn't get big when she was donning the dress. They waited until later and she's sad and then she puffs up and then she's wearing the dress again. That was very confusing. So
1: you're trying to make it weirder?
0: I'm just saying that she should have been in her Tinkerbell clothes when she kissed Peter Pan. Wait, didn't
1: she not have Tinker hair either? Didn't she have like long flowing locks when she got big?
0: Oh, yeah. Something felt wrong about it. She had full-on, like, shoulder-lengthy, curly bobby hair.
1: Like pretty woman hooker hair?
0: She had curly, red, long hair. Whereas yeah, Tinky, she, she didn't. had the pixie cut.
1: And pretty woman, too. She took off that stupid wig she had.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. She says red, and he says better.
1: It's official. Tinkerbell, when she puffed up, reverted to her pretty woman hooker hair to smooch the pan. Anyway, Uh... I had heard off and on that Julia Roberts was difficult to work with, none more so than on I Love Trouble with Nick Nolte. Uh, Apparently, they hate each other. But other than that, no one really says too much bad about her. So, you know, hopefully they're just isolated incidents. I think Julia Roberts is good. Her being sort of pixie-ish and still looking old like Julia Roberts does to me. You're just trying to picture these people that we know in like their 50s and stuff uh, being much younger and playing a little girl fairy, right, that would have hung out with the little boy Lost Boys.
0: I thought that this cast was particularly inspired.
1: So far, we've hit on everybody whom I didn't necessarily love in this movie, but now we can get to the good stuff.
0: Dame Maggie Smith and Dustin Hoffman.
1: Dustin Hoffman, the greatest cinematic villain for a movie of this type since Alfonso Arao as El Guapo in Three Amigos. A sweater! Dude, Dustin Hoffman was so perfect in this movie for what it was. He was great! He even outshined the dumb little buck teeth they gave him (laughs) and still was menacing and imposing and growly, but not over hammy chewing it was just against all odds i would never have pegged dustin hoffman as being perfect for this role and he's so delicious and i love it
0: it's a good point to note that he is so great despite all of the things that could make him look dumb the teeth are dumb the big old wig and the hat with the feathers and all that kind of stuff really kind of distracting they (laughs) kind of strap him down and he clearly was not doing the fencing (laughs) <laughs> but he maintained such a great balance between being a menace and being a villain, but also being a menace and a villain in this strange Neverland world where everything, even the great war, is fun and games.
1: Yep, silly and paint and and slapsticky, but uh, and
0: egg, machine guns and stuff.
1: Yeah, he was the perfectly toned adult. That Robin Williams maybe should have been. I get that Robin Williams is Robin Williams, but he could have used his age and his strength to his advantage. If you're going to be the adult pan, you don't have to be the goofy kid again. You can be of that mindset, but you can be assertive as an imposing, serious figure or someone to be taken more seriously. He just he went a little bit too childish and I think that Dustin Hoffman held back from doing that.
0: Well the hook and his band of pirates are really the only adults in Neverland. So I mean that makes them kind of villains in and of themselves. But didn't you feel like Robin Williams Peter Banning was pretty balanced and pretty appropriate? I mean he's maybe he's not a chairman of a board type with his cell phone high noon showdown, but like I thought that he was pretty good at being like a irritable too busy for you know play kind of dad like he seemed pretty dad like when he was giving the kids the reprimand
1: and he doesn't become the pan for what like an hour and all that that's a long ass movie yeah was great all of robin williams playing the the dad who's just trying to keep up, you know, I'm on the call of my life or whatever, and and yelling at Jack. Well, everybody yeah. shot up like he was very serious. It wasn't hammy. It wasn't Jim Carrey teeth all over the place. It was him being a normal actor. All that was great. I'm saying when he becomes the pan. It's a little bit embarrassing. The, the dialogue, the lewd, crude, rude, bag of pre-chewed food dude was embarrassing. I don't
0: know if this is Robin Williams or this is just a flaw of this character. This character is really hard to do.
1: When, yeah, it's very hard to do. I think that Robin Williams was maybe an obvious casting choice to play a youthful feeling middle-aged pan. That doesn't take away from the fact that when he does the full pan crow, it's not really awkward.
0: What's awkward about it? Is it like you feel almost embarrassed for Robin Williams? Yes,
1: he so thoroughly commits and the crowing is already awkward, but it just he's so shiny and well-meaning. But he's a victim of a lot of things that were meant to be cool and young and fun that weren't like this. The bit with the the kids with the Lost Boys on skateboards and stuff super awkward or meant to love all the lost boys. And I don't think any of them really blew it for me. Aside from the fact that maybe Steven Spielberg, I think his primary failing is that as much as he loves childhood and he'd been trying to make Peter Pan for a long time, he doesn't really get kids all that well. I don't think anyone could say that his kid movies, all the wonderment of being a child and stuff, all the stuff that he's known for is anywhere near as effective as his more serious movies. It feels cheesy and off. You either have to go for it. You have to be fully Jurassic Park, kids mode, where they're just tangential, or you have to be Schindler's List, where the kids are, the kids in Schindler's List. I I feel like this movie really was best suited for kids. And revisiting it, it was all about Hook for me in in this watching.
0: And anyone else?
1: Well, a lot of people were there. Gwyneth Paltrow was there. Glenn Close was there. Phil Collins was there. Um
0: wait, as who?
1: Phil Collins Phil was the Collins. inspector. Oh, really? Yep. So this I forgot it, he's British. This in 2 weeks is our second Collins family movie cuz Lily Collins was in Mank.
0: Lily Collins is related to Phil Collins? That's
1: the daughter, man.
0: Lily Collins is not Phil Collins's daughter. Yes,
1: and she was Snow White to Julia Roberts's evil queen or whatever in Mirror Mirror. Glenn Close was a pirate with a beard, totally unrecognizable. <laughs> Like Tom Cruise we, in Young why? Guns. Just because, I don't know, she was around. Put her in a beard.
0: Tom Cruise was in Young Guns?
1: <laughs> Jimmy Buffett was in this movie too, apparently. In Hook. But uh, yeah, Tom Cruise showed up on the set of Young Guns. And he was buddies with Emilio Estevez. And he was like, I'm here. You might as well dress me up. So they put him in a cavalry uniform and then they shot him. And then when Emilio Estevez likewise made a set visit to Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise was like, you here. We might as well suit you up. And then he died. Spoiler. But he died right away. But Emilio (laughs) Estevez was, yeah, in in Mission Impossible.
0: Is Tom Cruise friends with Charlie Sheen?
1: I don't know. But Charlie Sheen was the worst thing about Young Guns. He was terrible.
0: Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez are in Young Guns? (laughs)
1: Oh, my God. Okay, back to Hook. Hook. I think this movie was called Hook for a reason. And that's because Dustin Hoffman so far outshines Robin Williams, but neither here nor there. It's just this movie was
0: first billing.
1: Yeah, he does. And as much as I had issues with this movie, it sounds like you did too. I still like Hook. There are so many problems with it, but there are definitely things that I truly love about this movie.
0: The story works. And I think it's because it is a wholly original story based on the same underlying theme of Peter Pan. So it feels connected. It feels relevant to the paniverse. I think Dustin Hoffman, like James Can in Elf, is kind of an inspired choice for the obvious villain in in Hook. I thought that Julia Roberts was delightful and not creepy. I thought that Robin Williams was well cast, even if it might have been an obvious casting choice. And. This movie could have gone really badly. Like, if there was something that was cringeworthy for me about it, it, w- it might have been the sets. It might have been the production design, which is magical and, and whimsical. And you can see that they put a ton of effort into it. But there's no way to make a seafaring village look expansive and not hokey when it's on a soundstage i mean that's not that they weren't well done maybe it's because it was all practical and stuff but it just felt kind of limited okay
1: that's fine because i thought you were going to talk about the lost boys and i will defend these kids till my dying day what i mean they were kids so you come up with inherent limitations but they were great dude they were a little bit awkward as kids tend to be but all in all even the littlest kid Come on, give him a chance or whatever. That kid was hilarious.
0: You don't even like kids.
1: I don't mean and more specifically, I really don't like kids typically in Steven Spielberg movies, but I liked these Lost Boy kids. I thought they were particularly well cast. They were fine on their own. Charming. Maggie went to some kind of toddler acting school because she was very pronounced like this. You need a mommy very badly.
0: She's supposed to be cute and outspoken.
1: Look, I got nothing against her. Um, I went into this movie expecting to get on board with, you know, Hook is Spielberg's worst movie, and, and I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think there's a lot of stuff to love about Hook.
0: Did you like the effects in Hook? Your I buddy, mean, I mean, Antieri. look, it was
1: nominated for an Academy Award for the the blue screen for the flight, which looks so horribly dated now. It's impossible to think that his next major effects spectacle was Jurassic Park two years later. How do Hook and Jurassic Park live in the same world, let alone the same couple of years in Spielberg's life?
0: Like they made such a monumental leap in Jurassic Park?
1: You, well, Jurassic Park is a cornerstone for effects for the entire latter half of the the 20th century i mean now jurassic park may feel a little bit dated in places but still its its effect can't be understated whereas hook no, i don't really remember this as 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 a, an effects movie that holds up yeah
0: the effects and the production design i'd say aren't really intended to be taken literally and there's something kind of classic and timeless about them yeah so like the that... old
1: pirate movies which are also on sets
0: yeah I mean, and it's such a fantastical world. It's like it's not like we have some kind of reference to be like, oh, that's not the Neverland I remember.
1: I mean, there's a whole lot of magic, or there wants to be magic. If it had been shown on screen, Hook would have shown up in the bedroom, ripped the covers off, taken them in a sack, and jumped out the window. But instead, there were like ghostly duvets lifting off of them, and and lightning, and all this like smoke and stuff when they disappeared yeah. from their rooms. And like when the clash happens between Peter and Hook sparks flying the first time their swords strike and then never again. (laughs) It was like, look, we're going to make it big or whatever, and then you're going to get the vibe. You see what we're going for.
0: It's a little disheartening to hear that Steven Spielberg thinks of it as kind of the least among his body of work, but there are a lot of really great Steven Spielberg signature elements in this film. His use of shadow play is so much fun. It's very story-motivated because Peter Pan has a fun relationship with his shadow, losing it, fighting it, and whatnot, and there's this wonderful detail of the window hook and this close-up of it, you know, very slowly squeaking open and the suspense that he creates and the heart that he brings to his shot composition. Like, this is a very signature Steven Spielberg film.
1: This kind of movie was so critical to our growth. You know, think of of E.T. and Close Encounters, and these movies were light and magic and shadows played such a part in the dramatic storytelling to say nothing of John Williams who's been present pretty much from the very start.
0: Yeah, but can you hum the hook hook?
1: Um...
0: Not his most memorable.
1: No, but it's there. And there are definitely the John...
0: It's not John Williams' most memorable score.
1: Or or Steven not. Spielberg's most memorable movie, but the flourishes of both are present.
0: So maybe I'm not going to let Steven Spielberg's personal opinion about his own movie affect my review. I think Hook is a movie in which a lot could have been very cheesy, but in many ways there was magic there. They do a service to the story by telling us a whole new version of it, but with the same themes of the importance of keeping the spark and the joy of of childhood, or maybe just the love of life that can be so kind of beaten out of us in the day-to-day grind of being an adult. Watching this film as an adult was kind of a trip for me. Like when Peter and Moira are like flying up the stairs and the woman, Tootle's counterpart, what's her name?
1: Screaming. The children were screaming.
0: Oh my god. My throat caught and I like had this like involuntary sob <laughs> i got all constricted and like horrified like this idea of how much you love and care for your kids and how easy it is to forget that when they're being super annoying and then you're like oh my god I'm, I'm a prisoner in my own family yeah i could totally relate to peter in that way and then i can relate to the lost boys in some way too when i look at paloma and aurelia and i'm just like i want to freeze this moment and i want them to be little forever like aurelia is at the best age right now she's like still pre-verbal and she still listens to me but she's also full of so much joy and, <laughs> <Paloma's> and <too laughs> like grown up. paloma is she's got major tooth. she's got two to a 12 year old but aurelia is perfect and i want to freeze her <laughs> and i want her to have her whole life like this so i think that hook managed to reveal something new to me in this viewing and i give it a good
1: yeah it's good but that woman if she were your nanny had one job and you wouldn't have put up with that right you let the kids be taken you need to die before that happens
0: <laughs> i don't know if that's in the contract
1: <laughs> i'm sure they were screaming while you held back on the stairs afraid to go into the room because of all the light and all the smoke
0: well she's old what did you think of hook Wes? because i'm feeling like you're leaning toward an all right but this could potentially dip into the whatever territory
1: There are definitely things wrong with Hook, really big, bad things, which prevent it from being, in my humble opinion, a classic. But I really do like this movie. I can go back to being the age before I worried about growing up or adult things, and I can still find that magic in Hook. I really like it. Hook definitely, as a movie, gets an all right from me. I'm glad we have Hook.
0: And I'm looking forward to sharing it with your nieces. So that's our review on Hook, currently available on Showtime, at least at the time of this recording, which is the end of 2020. We, Wesley and I, both wish you happiest of holidays and a safe new year in this very weird, dangerous, funky coronavirus age. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you for your support throughout 2020. We've really appreciated it. We love doing this and we hope to do it more. Please share our podcast. Please become a subscribing listener. And hit us up, 818-something-something-something, something-something-something. something
1: 473
0: something Or whatevermovies at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.
1: But you're going to play... The movie for my nieces, right? Not this podcast episode where you cracked on Paloma a little bit. <laughs> Man, Aurelia is perfect. Paloma, nah, she's like, she's got major twos.
0: Tricast. Tricast. Miles, are you ready to record our promo
1: for season two of the One a Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th.